Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Marty Smith America podcast. This is volume 100-something. Today, it's all ball and ask Marty. I had the first Southeastern Conference football game of the 2020 season this past weekend. There is plenty to discuss about that and everything that is going on throughout college football right now. And allegedly, according to Travis, we have a couple of good Ask Marty questions. Correct, sir? That is correct. And we, uh, for the first time ever, we have a returning person asking a question. He uh, knocked it out of the park with the chugga-chugga question last week. So I uh, gave him a fast pass this week. Okay. The chugga-chugga question last week became a thing. I did three or four radio interviews last Thursday in and around my travel to Oxford, Mississippi. Every single one of them played that thing leading into me and then asked me about it. They made me recount my thought that 12 chuggas was the correct number. And some people felt like that was – so so I have – there's a guy I know named Ben Brust who was on the Sam Decker, Frank Kaminsky, Wisconsin Badger Final Four team. I think they actually made it to the final game. Yes. And a, a few years back. And Ben has a radio show in Green Bay or Madison, one of the two. And they had me on. And Ben's co-host felt like 12 chuggas was a little too aggressive. Three or four chuggas was the right number. I think it was a little aggressive. But listen, that's how we go. And, I mean, the audio even made it into the club for the Dan Levitard show. Well, I mean, of course it did. When it's look, when you have when your news and information is that important, especially in the betting world, you know the betting world runs everything today. There's, I mean, what's greater insight on who's going to win Monday Night Football between Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson than how many chuggas before you choo choo? I mean, listen, you know, Woj is you know letting people know that Doc Rivers just gets fired and. You, you come over to this podcast to find out, find out how many chuggas are in a chugga chugga choo choo. Chugga 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 choo choo. It's 12. So we have our first return question asker in Ask Marty. And again, it was a, it was a crazy week of college football that we're still trying to download. And we'll get into all that in just a second. Also, y'all, very important announcement. Don't forget to check out the Dan Levitard Show. The boys are on from 10 to 12 Eastern every weekday. But also, they're putting out original content before and after every show on their podcast. Download and subscribe to the Dan Levitard Show and Marty Smith's America wherever you get your podcasts. It was a crazy week in college football. I was in Oxford, Mississippi for the Florida Gators and the Ole Miss Rebels. I was thoroughly impressed with Florida offensively. Kyle Trask, most of you guys know his story by now. He was a lifetime backup, and he actually told me that the word backup pissed him off because he didn't feel like it was the right term for the way that he prepared for the games. He said that, I know most teams will tell you that they prepare all their quarterbacks like starters. I don't know if that's true. But I know what's true, and that's that I prepared every single day like the team was my team. And it just so happened that in high school in Manville, Manville, Texas, he sat behind a quarterback that was a better 
fit for that particular offensive system that they ran at Manville High School. And that quarterback that was a better fit was De'Eric King, who is currently tearing up college football for the Miami Hurricanes as their quarterback. The U is back. Rather than leave, you know, Kyle, Trask told me, Travis, that people around him and other coaches and, and other folks told him, you could transfer to basically any other high school in the country and be the starter. But he was like, nope, we don't run away just because we're not the starter. We work hard. We try to win the job where we are. I was born in Manville, Texas. I'm staying in Manville, Texas. I'm going to be at this high school, even if De'Eric is the right guy to run this offense right now. Kudos to him for doing that. Not, I mean, that's what kids are doing nowadays is they're transferring at high school, and then he could have done it also in college. And he's stuck it out, and I think he's showing people that if you work hard, your time will come. And, I mean, the command that he had of that offense on Saturday was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just just tremendous. And, and you know, he threw for 416 yards and six touchdowns. And, and you're, looking at a, you're looking at a guy who, in my opinion, is going to have a Joe Burrow type of season. And the reason that I feel like he has the opportunity to have a Joe Burrow type of season is that command of the offense that Travis was just mentioning. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing to watch when someone is that, that comfortable and they're that comfortable because they're that well-prepared and they do have such a tremendous understanding of where the football needs to go. And he also has so many unbelievable weapons at his disposal, starting with Kyle Pitts, who is listed as a tight end, but he's one of the most dynamic weapons in all of college football. He's a matchup nightmare. Uh, he had eight catches for 170 yards and four touchdowns, and it could have been way worse. Ole Miss had nobody who could cover him. And after the game, I asked Kyle Trask there on the broadcast, how wonderful is it to have that guy to throw the football to? I mean, it's a safety blanket. It's a dynamic athlete. It's an unguardable force. And he said he's too fast for linebackers and too big for DBs, and nobody out there really has a chance. 6'6", 240. That's – College football, you don't have too many defenders out there that can go against that. And fast and agile and, and runs good routes. And it was funny in talking to Dan Mullen before the game that Pitts has a chip on his shoulder this year because he was disappointed that he wasn't considered for the Mackey Award last year, which goes to the best tight end in college football. And the reason that he was not considered for the Mackey Award was because he didn't have his hand in the dirt enough. He didn't line up with his hand in the dirt at tight end specifically enough, I guess that's part of the criteria for the Mackey Award, which might need to be altered in today's college football because uh, the offenses have changed a little bit since 1988. And anyway, so Pitts made it like, look, I'm going to block this year. I'm going to put my hand in the dirt and play old school football and show these guys that I'm the best in the country. He definitely put – Everybody on blast. The whole world's on notice after what he did in Oxford on Saturday. Well, I'm also wondering if part of his motivation, I'm, I'm thinking it might have been us since we put Pat Firemuth on the all-Marty McGee team last week. Yep. I'm wondering, if, I'm wondering if he listened and used that as motivation. Yeah, he probably did. I'd be pissed off if I were him. 
speaking of dynamic athletes, I mean, those two, I saw another one in, in John Rice Plumley. That's another thing that I really noticed in a game the other day was just how dang smart Lane Kiffin is at devising concepts and putting guys in the proper positions to succeed and tailoring the offense around the talent that he has. And Matt Corral, Ole Miss quarterback, is a better football player than I thought he was. I knew he could throw it a long way, but I, he's a much better athlete than I knew he was. He's a better runner. He's more agile. And I was impressed with him. Uh, I was really impressed with what he was able to do. And when Plumlee is on the field at the same time, and at this point Plumlee is willing to line up in the slot, line up at running back, line up wide, and, and use his unbelievable athleticism. Y'all, John Rice Plumlee is one of the best athletes in college football. He's not a thrower. If he was a thrower, he would probably be Ole Miss's quarterback because he's a world-class runner. So the fact that he's willing to do that and, and give the team the best opportunity to win with its best, best athletes on the field, it really gives you an idea what kind of athlete he is. Uh, I know that, that Plumlee is, is the alpha dog on the Ole Miss Rebels. So it was a really fun experience to be down there in Oxford uh, with Joe Tessitore and Greg McElroy. I loved it. Um, those guys are so fun to work with. We had a blast. And back to Trask just for a second and, and the, the weapons at his disposal. Not only is it Kyle Pitts, which, you know, of course, he had such a great game that he's top of mind. But he's got a couple guys in Trayvon Grimes and Kadarius Toney who can house it anytime they have the football in their hands. So they got a lot of weapons, man. I really do believe that Kyle Trask has the opportunity if everybody stays healthy, to have one of those years like Joe Burrow had last year. It's all right there for the taking. I mean, he's already started that way. Joe Burrow threw for six touchdowns in his SEC opener last year, and Kyle Trask did it on Saturday. So uh, it's, uh, it's just impressive to me. And I think Alabama looked awesome. Uh, certainly, they, Missouri was so outmatched from a talent perspective at this point, uh, that's what you expected. I think Mac Jones looked just tremendous. He looked very efficient running that offense. Jalen Waddle is a matchup nightmare. I think that, that he's going to be in New York. Well, if we have that, who knows with COVID-19, how they're going to do the Heisman Trophy. But I think you're going to end up seeing Jalen Waddle as a finalist. He's a great football player. And he's just a matchup nightmare too. Uh, Georgia... <laughs> No, I, I don't know what to think of Georgia at this point. We did learn that JT Daniels is now eligible, so they're going to hand him that football team immediately because offensively in that first half, our boy Barry Odom had them stymied. Now, they came back in the second half and put up a bunch of points, and so kudos to Kirby Smart and those guys for making adjustments and whatnot, but I look forward to seeing how JT Daniels runs that offense. He's got – I mean, he has all the skill set to do it. I want to go back to Ole Miss for a second, Marty. What was it like to not have tailgating at the Grove? I don't know. I can't answer that. You know, Sports Center kind of asked me the same question on Saturday morning. You know, what's the Grove look like? I don't know. I couldn't go to the Grove. And so, 
like I got up Saturday morning. So, so here's how it worked. You know, you, you get to the site and then you're, you're quarantined in your hotel room until you go to the football field. I left my hotel room long enough to go to Starbucks once, Chick-fil-A once or twice, Chick-fil-A twice, and to go for a four and a half mile run. Outside of that, I was in my hotel room. And so I don't know what the Grove looked like, but I know that the atmosphere around the stadium was certainly not what it normally would be. You know, you can't be out there tailgating and congregating and all those things. And there were inside the stadium, there were about 15 or 16,000 people and it was awesome. And it was a great crowd for the volume that was there around 25% capacity. What do you think about this for our listeners? They, they, they can't tailgate. They can't go to games. I think they should tweet at us their setup on Saturday, whether it's if they're grilling out or they're multiple TVs or their cocktails that they're making. Let's uh, maybe see what the setups are for college uh, Saturdays. I love it. I agree with you. I'm all in. Y'all send them to us. Hashtag Marty Party. And uh, we'd love to see it. We'll show some of them off. We'll retweet some of them. We'll discuss some of them on the show here. And uh, it was just awesome to be back immersed in SEC football. I mean, it felt to me like the start of the season. Like, it felt like, okay, let's go. Here we are. That's, I was just going to say that, you know, the Big Ten and other conferences weren't playing and there were some canceled games. But last Saturday felt like the first normal Saturday we've had in a long time. You know, I, I woke up, put Marty McGee on, then I turned the second TV on for college game day, and I was going two TVs the entire day. And there was that noon slate was just jam-packed with games. And so it was, it was a normal Saturday, in my opinion. It really felt, felt great. I mean, it was just awesome to be there. And I'm looking forward to this weekend. I have – the Gators, once again, I'm going down to Gainesville. I have the South Carolina at Florida game on Saturday at noon on ESPN. And I'm looking forward to getting to Gainesville and seeing those guys again. But, you know, this is just such a unique season. Look, I never would have dreamed. I don't know about you, Travis. I know that Mike Leach is like just an amazing study. He fascinates me. And the fact that he was able to go into Death Valley and the Mississippi State Bulldogs were able to go in there and get that victory the way they did with K.J. Costello throwing for an, uh, it's 623 yards on the road. And I know it was on the road is these days is not what on the road is normally. But – I don't care if you're out here in the front yard playing against seventh graders. Throwing for 623 yards is eye-popping number. That's hard to do in a video game. Yes, LSU was down Derek Stingley. They didn't have the best cornerback in the country at their disposal. He didn't play. But they still had Jabril Cox, who is a transfer from North Dakota State, who is one of the best players in college football. How, I, don't, I would love to ask Jabril someday, like how, how did you wind up at North Dakota State? What, what happened there? And then you had Jacoby Stevens, who was one of the best players on last year's unbelievable team, could have gone pro, decided to come back. And so it's not like they were 
I mean, LSU lost 15 starters from last year, but they still got dudes everywhere. So that was as impressive a victory. That was just such an unbelievably impressive victory to me for Mike Leach and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I mean, the SEC is on notice. Leach is here. Did you see the video that they put out yesterday on Twitter? No. He's rolling in on some wagon or whatever, and he goes, if you're looking for a bandwagon, there's room. Oh, that's great. But like, I just love point. his personality. I'm, I'm fascinated by him. That interview he did with Jamie Erdahl on CBS after that game was just phenomenal. I mean, that's just, to me, it's like as good as sports television gets because you know it's this – I mean, the, the, the magnitude of that victory – in Starkville, Mississippi, is beyond description. You can't quantify that. You're going in, you're beating the defending national champions in their home stadium. And again, it ain't normal Death Valley, but it's still on the road. It's still during COVID. Everybody, the amount of buy-in, that's another thing that I've learned in going to games the last couple weekends, is the amount of buy-in and how vigilant and how diligent and how passionate the players, the coaches, the staffs, everybody has to be in order to get to the dang field. It's, it's so impressive to me because it's not easy. It's not easy to make sure that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing and hanging around your teammates and not inviting your other buddies over who aren't part of the program and going to parties and all the things that is college that you can't do. It takes a ton of discipline. And so even though Mike Leach and K.J. Costello and the Mississippi State Bulldogs did not play in, quote, Death Valley with 100,000 screaming pirates, they still went on the road during a very unique time, and they got an impressive win, a very impressive win. And look, LSU ain't dead, y'all. They're going to make adjustments. The thing that surprised me about that game is that they continue to stay in man, and they'll make adjustments, and they're going to be okay. I well, think Miles Brennan is a good quarterback. I think that, you know, they have Terrace Marshall. Still, they have guys on the perimeter that can really do damage. Still, A. Rick Gilbert is going to be a freak in the SEC. He's their new tight end, freshman tight end, who is – you know, again, another one of those tight ends that's this kind of hybrid athlete whose size, speed, and agility just is not fair. And so I believe in LSU. That was a very disappointing loss for them, but it's not the end of the year. Uh, everybody would, needs to pump the brakes on thinking anybody's done yet. I agree, because with the schedule, you don't know if a team might, you know, let's just, um, Alabama could be on a roll and something bad happened. This year, especially, you can't count anybody out because of one loss. It, well, right, and because there's just so many unknowns. And, again, it goes back to that diligence and that vigilance that they have to have to stay healthy. Look at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech had 23 players out and their defensive coordinator. You just don't know what's going to happen in this very odd, unprecedented moment in the world, in world history. I mean, forget college football history, in world history. Ultimately, you know, once we get the Big Ten 
in play here coming up right before Halloween. And then the Pac-12, they get to play in. It's going to be fascinating to me, Travis. I said on the broadcast the other day, and it didn't go over too great, that I personally believe, this is my opinion, and it might be an unfair opinion. If you're a Pac-12 fan and this angers you, I don't blame you. I don't think a 7-0 Pac-12 team will make the college football playoff unless they boat race the whole league and win every game by 30. I would agree. And that might be unfair. might be a totally unfair opinion. But if a team that plays 10 or 11 games loses one, and, and they're all in conference, by the way, right, or Ohio State or Penn State go 9-0, and it's hard for me to – I just don't see the path. And, I look, see, that, I don't know. That's what's going to matter is – do the other conferences get their games in? Because here's the other thing is the Big Ten doesn't have a guarantee that they're going to get their nine games in because it's nine games in nine weeks. So you just don't know what's going to happen. But so speaking of the Big Ten, though, they became eligible for the AP poll this past week. And there were some people that didn't vote for the Big Ten teams. Okay, that's fine. They're not playing, whatever. But there was one person that voted Ohio State 16th. Ohio State would be two for me. So the the breakdown was they had four first place, 13 number twos. They're third place, 28. Someone voted them fourth three times, a seventh and eighth. But someone put them at 16th. Like, what are we doing as that voter? Like, either don't vote them in at all and say they're not playing yet or put them up there where they shouldn't be. But 16th, what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, all you got to – you just got to look at the roster. I mean, the roster's completely ridiculous. Um, there are pro players all over that roster. And so I would put them at two. And that's as somebody who's seen Florida play. I think Alabama is the best team in the country. And I would currently put Ohio State at two if I was a voter. Well, the thing about Florida – or not Florida, but Bama coming off of what happened to LSU – just solidifies the coach that Nick Saban and that program that he has. I think people thought they're going to drop off a little bit this year because of no Tua. Nope, they're loaded. But it also just shows every year they don't miss a beat. And we're talking about LSU, how, how can they rebound after last year? And just shows the type of program that Nick Saban has that every year they're right there. It's so hard to define how difficult it is to have that sustainability that consistency, that unwillingness to get complacent. And that's what Saban's made a legacy on. They just continue to reload. So there's this quote I carry with me every day. And, you know, to your point, it's so difficult to sustain excellence, to remain elite, to in every single facet of your life, Defend against complacency because the second that you become comfortable, you become complacent. And Saban just has an amazing way of disallowing that to happen. And think about this, Travis. One thing that makes Clemson so great is Jeff Scott just left. Okay. He just left to become the head coach at South Florida. Outside of that, Dabo Sweeney has created an unbelievable culture that promotes his assistants staying there. 
So they have that annual continuity and that consistency in their staffs. Nick Saban has new coordinators every dang year. And they continue to be excellent anyway. It just amazes me. I want to read you this quote, man. This quote is, I carry this quote with me every day. And when I start to have a pity party or I start to think, oh, woe is me or anything like that, or I'm, I'm tired and don't want to put in the work. This is where, what do I always come back to as the separating factor between mediocrity and excellence? It's passion. It's that intersection where preparedness meets passion. That is where excellence lives. Are you willing to work harder than the next guy and willing to be more passionate than the next guy? Listen to this quote. I love this. When you're climbing a mountain, you look up. You never look back. Complacency is something that everyone who has any level of success must challenge themselves to overcome. But it's not just the willingness to do it. It's the why you're willing to do it. Because the why creates the passion for the what. And the passion creates the ability to sustain it. Nick Saban. That's it. That's life right there. That quote is my life. That's how I want to live it right there. And that doesn't mean I always do that, but that's how I want to live it. To your point, Britt Venables has been at Clemson since 2012. Think about Yeah, that's I, what I'm I, saying. I think the stat at one point was Saban has lost like 28 assistants to Davos 2. Right. That's and my point. They have yeah. that continuity the continuity that comes with the consistency of the staff. And not only that, when that happens, it's also, well, the guy that recruited me is there. Yeah. At Alabama, the guy that recruited you is – and yet Alabama churns out pro after pro after pro after pro after pro. You know when you step in the doors at the University of Alabama, you're getting prepared to be an NFL player. It's so impressive. And so, like – Back to the rankings thing. I got Alabama one. I would put Ohio State two. And that's saying something when Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne and Joseph Ngata and Frank Ladson and all those dudes down there in Clemson are doing what they're doing. I think Clemson's underappreciated because it's just like, oh, they have the best player in college football. Okay. They're supposed to do this. This is supposed to be easy for them. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy. Sustaining greatness is not easy because of exactly what we just said. And Dabo's the same way. They reload. They continue. What he has built there is awesome. I think I said this last week about Jeff Collins. They're taking their lumps right now. Georgia Tech's taking their lumps. But I see in Jeff Collins – the opportunity with recruiting and, and, the, and the momentum that they're building there, they got a couple really good players in there who are fre true freshmen. I feel that energy. And that energy is hard to sustain when you're getting beat. But I remember when Dabo did it, and now look what he's built. Um, one of the three best programs in college football uh, down in Clemson. So I was sitting at home watching the games. 
and I added a few players to the Almighty McGee team. I want to see if I, I get your approval uh, on offense for a running back. I want to put Cavassier Smoke just because yep, of his Cavassier name. Cavassier Smoke for sure. And then a DB Smoke Monday for Auburn. Smoke Monday. Hey, no I mean, doubt. I mean, we got Cavassier Smoke and, and Smoke Monday. I'm all in. Yep. W- welcome to the team, gentlemen. We'll send you your medal uh, in very short order. So I also want to shout out a couple guys that I saw last weekend at my game. I have a mullet update that those of you who don't royally suck at Twitter will appreciate. I was walking around the field waiting on Lane Kiffin before the game on Saturday, and I saw this dude just bombing punts. And I walked over there, and I was like, man, look at this thing. The young man's name is Jeremy Crawshaw. He's an Australian punter for Florida. And he has some serious plumage. It's a work of art. I mean, it, he would flip his head and it would be, it had a nice like bounce to it. And I walked over to him and Shane Graham, who was the great Virginia Tech kicker and played for, I don't know how many NFL teams. Shane was in the NFL as a kicker forever. He's now working with the kicking unit at Florida. And Shane and I go back to our youth. He grew up in Pulaski County. I grew up in Giles County. Shane and I grew up about, I don't know, 25 miles from each other. And, and Shane came over and I said, how about that dude's plumage? He goes, yeah, man. So I learned that, that Crawshaw is Australian. And I thought, okay, he's the blooming onion. That's the blooming onion. That's what we're going to call his mullet. Well, I put that on Twitter, and my boy Jim Dunaway from the Jocks Roundtable down in Birmingham, Alabama, I just did their show right before Travis, and I started taping here, by the way. He said, the booming onion. Oh, it's the booming onion. That's what we're calling Crawshaw's mullet. So we have a punter on the team now. Ole Miss has a tight end named Chase Rogers. Chase is from the Magnolia State, and so we're going to call his mullet the Magnolia Blossom. And this thing was awesome. I mean, it was awesome. I was so impressed. I just, I think I missed an entire series because I was just sitting there staring at the mullet. So, those guys, welcome to the Marty and McGee mullet squad. Uh, you guys, you guys have earned your position. I mean, the mullet is just amazing. And then if you can get the flick of the mullet, just that little head yeah, nod oh that yeah, gets yeah, yeah. back to go. That's, that is what you need. I mean, when those guys are able to go to parties again, ladies beware because that thing is going to, that thing's going to woo you. Well, then, then you had the player for coastal Carolina. You guys had, you showed the video last week on Wednesday night, Marty McGee, Teddy Gallagher. The Myrtle I mean, Beach bo- masterpiece. Oh, he bleached the, oh, it's yes. The Myrtle Beach masterpiece the is Myrtle Beach masterpiece. That thing was on time, dude. It's chef kiss. Amazing. So, ladies and gentlemen, Travis and I have thoroughly broken down week four of the college football season. What impressed us, what didn't, great mullets, everything that matters. And that means that Ask Marty is on deck. But before we do Ask Marty, all right, so it's time for Ask Marty. What should Ask Marty be presented by? Uh, I mean, it, it should be presented by, like, Jack Daniels or, yeah, you know, or yeah. something like that. But Ask, it's open I for had, sale. You know what I had last night? Mead. What the hell's mead? It's like liquor made of grapes. It's like the cast off from wine. 
or something. And it was 90 proof and sun. Wow. My buddy went to some winery up in near Wilkesboro, North Carolina this weekend. He brought it, brought it home and we were over there in his driveway having a full breakdown of the weekend over a couple of drinks. And he goes, Hey, I got something called, what was it called? Like screaming Hawk or like rabbit Hawk. I had some crazy name like rabbit Hawk or something. And he pours me a little bit on ice and boy, it lit my hair on fire. All right, carry on. What you got? Our first one will come from our uh, returning person. And because he has, has a fast pass, I said, uh, send me the audio of your question. So here we go. This week's question is Marty. If humans had to send someone from earth to meet the aliens, who would you choose to represent us and why? So he asked me if we were sending somebody to meet aliens. Yeah. Who do we, who's our representative? That's a very good question. Uh, I really think the answer should probably be Mike Leach. He could go up there. He would know their native tongue. And I think he should probably bring Joe Burrow with him because Burrow is an expert on quasars, black holes, and other astrological phenomena. So I think that Mike Leach would be the uh, ambassador to foreign lands, foreign planets, but I think that his assistant would most certainly be Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow has a space almanac and watches many YouTube documentaries on such things as the Milky Way and uh, other astrological phenomena. My, uh, my pick is going to be Matthew McConaughey. He would be a good one, too. I feel like he could go up there and give us a full breakdown. We maybe uh, should send Willie Nelson. Willie could offer him some uh, <laughs> some friendship. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> they, would, they, would, they would be like, wow, we cannot invade that planet because we can't see right now. <laughs> Our next question, uh, I stole this from a person tweeted out a couple weeks ago. What's your road trip snack combo? So give me a beverage and a, a, some sort of snack. You can have two snacks or two drinks if you'd like. We have this debate all the time with my boys, Greg Stringfellow and Louis Bourgeois, who are the equipment managers for the LSU Tigers. Kyle Smith and Jeff Springer, who are the equipment managers for the University of Alabama Crimson Tide. Mark Pantone, who is the director of player personnel. He probably has some super fancy athletic director title too. Forgive me, brother. I don't know. Uh, he's the greatest recruiter in college football. Let's just put it that way. And Matt Ardell, uh, my brother from Nike football. So uh, we have this debate all the time. And it's normally it's you get three snacks. And so what's your snack combo? Uh, so and this is from a convenience store. Like, this is a convenience store list. This is not. Yeah, you're going to the, the Wawa, the Sheets, the 7-Eleven. That's right. That's right. You're going to the convenience store. And what was what was this? It was two snacks and a drink? I mean, you can, we can make it two and two or three. We can make, it's, our, it's our podcast. We can, we can change it up whatever we want it to be. What was the question? Exactly. Your, your best road trip uh, snack combo. Okay, road trip snack combo. Do you need to talk to me? Come here. Come here. Come here. Say that into the microphone. What's wrong? Come here, do it. Okay. What do you need, baby? Well, no, lean down here and say it. Come on, here, I'll bring it to you. There's a bug at the kitchen table. <laughs> there's a bug at the kitchen table. What's it look like? It's black. 
didn't just spider anything. Okay, you want me to come kill it? Okay, hold on just a minute. I'll be right back. Dad duties. Well, apparently we have some sort of bug roaming around in our kitchen because I couldn't find him. Um, all right, let's go back to the snacks here. So, so I'm going to do, I'll do two snacks and a drink. You can do two drinks if you'd like. Um, so I'm really into this body armor drink. Have you heard of this? Heard of it, never had it before. Let me tell you about this stuff, dude. I've just discovered it, even though I was at the Kentucky Derby a couple of years ago, and I met the guy who founded the company. But it wasn't really registering me, with me because I wasn't a consumer at the time. But I tried it driving home from Florida. When I crossed the Alabama border driving home from Florida during a pandemic, I stopped at this old school country store, convenience store out in the middle of nowhere at this intersection of backcountry roads. And I walk in there and they had that body armor. And I was like, huh, tropical punch. I'll try that. Why not? I had no idea that it was coconut water based. All right. It's like a hydration drink, like a Gatorade or a Powerade or a vitamin water, all that, all those, you know, that market, that sector, but it's, coconut water based i was like dude i'm all in on this i'm gonna try this it's delicious first of all quite frankly you know what the best thing is is putting pouring rum have you ever heard of zacapa rum no i think it's ron zacapa i went on a vacation with a bunch of buddies and we drank that stuff the whole vacation and so i have a little bit in the house here you pour like either captain morgan which is a lot sweeter or that ron zacapa rum in the body armor tropical punch bro it's the bomb it tastes delicious you get a killer buzz and you're hydrating yourself at the same time so i'm all in on this body armor okay so i'm gonna buy the body armor tropical punch um i'm going to buy probably a cliff builder mint chocolate bar of course and I'm probably going to buy either cracked pepper sunflower seeds or barbecue sunflower seeds because that keeps me awake while I'm driving. I'm going to go with pretzel rods because I like something that I can grab and my hands aren't getting all, you know, messy too much. But then I need something sugary too. Give me some sour gummy worms, and then usually I'd get a caffeinated drink of some kind. So we'll say a Coke, and then just also just a water. Yeah, I have to be beyond the coffee stage. Coffee doesn't count. I'm a every morning coffee guy. I have to have it. So I haven't had a cup of coffee in my life. That's awesome. I'm jealous. I wish I hadn't. When I married, when Laney and I got married, I had never had coffee. And I remember I was 25 years old, so I'm going on 20 years of being a coffee drinker. Um, I was 25 years old, and we were in our apartment together on a Saturday morning. And she was like, just try it. You're going to like it. And so I tried it, and okay, it was good. But then I tried it the next day and the next day, and now 20 years later. So it's Lainey's fault. Um, 
but I love it. Like it's a simple pleasure in my like that first cup of coffee, that first sip of coffee every morning is an amazing simple pleasure in life. It's a level of comfort that's dif difficult to describe. And I was talking to, I shot a commercial recently for the college football playoff and the lady that did my makeup had quit caffeine altogether. She was telling me about quitting caffeine. And she, I asked her why, like, why was it important for you to quit caffeine? And she was drinking too much of it and she was getting the shakes and she was getting headaches and all the, these dull headaches and all these things. And so she just quit. And I was like, man, that's, that's awesome. I wonder what would happen if I quit. I don't think it would be good for a couple weeks. I think it would probably be really bad for a couple weeks. But I'm kind of hard-headed. I have the ability to just stop doing things if it's, a, if it's an unhealthy lifestyle thing. Like, I can just do it. And I thought about trying caffeine, but I don't know why. Like, there's not a why yet. Maybe someday. Well, and you just enjoy that coffee in the morning. I, uh, when I used to work nights and stuff like that and radio, I'd have a Red Bull or Monster every night, every night. Um, and then I just decided to just stop. And the only time that I ever have pop anymore is basically if it's with my Jack Daniels or it's some sort of cocktail. I don't usually drink a pop unless it's like a road trip kind of deal. I'm not an energy drink guy. I've had one sip of Red Bull ever, I think. And I've never had a monster. I've never had I mean, I don't even know the brands. I've never had any of them. I know that Robbie Gordon has one called Speed. Kyle Busch has one called Rowdy. Um, it's just not my thing, man. Not my thing. The only caffeine I drink, in fact, the only caffeine I drink is my morning two cups of coffee. And then if I happen to have Coke or Diet Coke in my Jack, because that's like my favorite drink. I, we've talked about this before. It's my favorite drink. But I don't, I've gotten to the point now where it affects my sleep. If I'm making a cocktail now, I'm probably putting either seltzer and lime in it. That's my main go-to because there's no sugar. Like it reduces so much of the bad stuff. And you're still getting an amazing tasting cocktail, refreshing cocktail. All right, we've gone from, wasn't, did that question start with the alien Mike Leach? Was that? No, oh, no, no it was our snack question. Yeah, we've asked another one. Here's our third and final coming from FD Staten. Marty, what is your favorite drive song, one you lose yourself in on a backcountry road? My favorite drive song. So that's really, that's an that's a impossible question, but. I have, I have recently been diving very deep back into the eighties and I've been, I've been on a Keith Whitley kick here in the last couple of weeks because I have been spending more time by myself quarantined in these hotel rooms and away from Laney and my kids. And so I'm, I love sad country songs. Some people don't. Some people do. I love sad country songs. I love the gamut of emotion that that format and that genre offers you. And so I'm no stranger to the rain. 
right now I've, I've kind of had on repeat a lot. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Joe Diffie in the last little bit here, a lot of Mark Chestnut. I always listen to AJ, but I've been diving a little deeper into his catalog than just the normal Chattahoochee and the ones that you, you know. You know, Alan Jackson has this song called Remember When. And the emotion in that song really strikes Laney and me because it's like the, the, he has this, you know, the, the sound of little feet was the music. We ran too week to week or lived too week to week. Something like that is the lyric. And at, when you're a parent and your sweet little souls that you've created who are so precious, like parenthood's very hard, but they're just so precious. And as they age, you're a, it's, it's what you know. And then all of a sudden you see a photograph from four or five years ago or you see a video where they have that little voice. They don't have like their more mature voice. Like you just heard from my sweet Vivian, uh, where she can walk in here and tell me, Hey dad, there's a bug on the wall. It's just a sweeter little tiny little voice. And you're, you're all of a sudden it hits you that long days have become short years. And that's a hell of a thing. And so I've been really diving into that song and, and anything with like real emotion to it. That's where I am right now. I'm really just so troubled, really troubled by a lot of things right now in the world. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm doing my best to remain passionate and remain unstoppably positive, but, uh, that's not the easiest thing to do right now. And so I'm um, also, not only am I listening to those sad country songs, I'm also listening to stuff that just fills me up with that passion. Uh, all of Eric's new stuff is on heavy rotation right now. Uh, the man is just brilliant. Uh, he's just brilliant. Luke Combs, what Luke's doing. Uh, Luke... Luke amazes me, man. He, I can tell y'all, like, I, what Eric is doing and what y'all haven't heard yet is, uh. Well, it's, it's, your reaction there is funny because I'll hit you up the day when the song comes out. And I know that you already have heard the song before. And so it's funny to, to see, you know, my reaction and then what your thoughts are when you've already heard it for a while. And hit I just can't wait for all my friends, you know, I, I, it's, it's like, you know, you, you, you listen to what he did with the couple of songs that he's put out now, okay? And the one that is about to come out that they put out a little teaser last weekend, Laney and I have had it on repeat for months and months and months. And... My just, you know, my admiration for him as a man uh, can't be overstated. My what he did at the ACMs with paying tribute to Johnny Cash, that was amazing. Yeah, I mean, ragged old flag. I have a, I put it on social media. 
And I have a, I have a wooden piece of art that my best childhood friend, Mark Vinson, I call him Bones. Any of y'all that are Marty and McGee fans, y'all know about Bones. He's been one of my best friends since we were three years old. We grew up four doors apart in Parisburg. And he was always one of the smartest people that I knew. He made calculus look really easy and just one of those, one of those minds. And he also had a brilliant artistic mind. He was a great artist when we took art together and made it just look really easy. He didn't have to try that hard. And he went to UVA and he's very smart. And he always wanted to work in Major League Baseball. And he chased his passion. And that's what he's doing right now. He's the trainer for the Tampa Bay Rays. And on the side, he has this hobby. He does this woodworking stuff. His talent is ridiculous. And he sent me a housewarming gift for my new house a couple years ago. And it is a 3D American flag. And it's probably four feet by three feet. It's, it's big. And the stars are 3D and the stripes are 3D. And it's just so immaculately done. And he, in calligraphy, wrote the lyrics to ragged old flag on the flag on the on the piece of art it's hanging in my gym downstairs and i love that thing and when eric did that i put that on social media and uh, i love that sentiment and i appreciate bone so much for sending me that and i appreciate eric for having the conviction to do that and to share that stage and that message uh with us that was that was a powerful image for a multitude of reasons. One, the beginning and the flag, but then also the lyrics of that song and stick that in your country. Like that is, if you listen to it, like everything that's going on right now, a very full, powerful uh, image that he put out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, really, really powerful. Uh, you know, when you when you when you know that that song you know what it says it's uh it's beyond powerful it's uh i appreciate it eric for doing that but all right now that we've gone off on plenty of tangents i appreciate y'all listening so much thank you love the opportunity to work in college football love the opportunity to cover sports for a living i love the opportunity to work for espn i love the opportunity to work with such insanely talented people I'm so blessed to be working. I'm so blessed to have the opportunities that I have and it's not lost on me and I'll never forsake it. And I'm so grateful that y'all listen to what Travis and I have to offer every week. Appreciate y'all's engagement, support our sponsors because they help keep this thing free. Go to DraftKings and have a shot at a free millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. Put some Dr. Pepper in your uh, jack. And your doc, yeah, that's right. Put some Dr. Pepper in your Jack Daniels, not the other way around. Have a great week, guys. We appreciate you. Thanks so much to our law enforcement officials all over the country working to keep the community safe. Thank you to our first responders, our firemen running into the flames to save lives, risking their own lives to keep people safe. And uh, the United States military really appreciate y'all sacrifice so much because. We live in a free land, and I'm so grateful to have my freedom. So thank you all. Have a great week, everybody.
This is Marty Smith's America. We'll see you next time around.